Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan Fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan Abduhu wa rasuluh Al-Nasihun Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bisunnatihi ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah Ala ni'mat al-islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> reward the organizers of this two-day lecture series. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward my beloved brothers and esteemed colleagues and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward each and every one of you that has come out in person and those who have tuned in online and those who may listen sometime in the future to the recordings bithnilahi ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward and bless each and every one of you tremendously Alhamdulillah, Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has guided us to the deen of Al-Islam. Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has revealed to His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Qur'an. If we were to reflect over the Qur'an, we will see an enrichment to our lives. Bidnilahi ta'ala, I know that the time is limited. We would like to look at a verse in the Quran that is of extreme importance. We would like to look at some of the fawaid, some of the benefits that come therein, some of the lessons that are derived from this ayah, and how this ayah should affect our lives and should affect the life of every single human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of his noble book he says, Ya ayyuhannas. Allah Jalla wa'ala he addresses all of mankind here in this portion of the ayah. Allah Ta'ala, He says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ عَبُدُوا رَبَّكُمُ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Allah Ta'ala, He says, O humanity, O mankind, when we look at this particular portion of the ayah, this tremendous ayah, wherein Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Amr ibad ibadahu bil ibadah. In this ayah, where Allah subhanahu wa taala He commands His slaves to worship with worship. 
This address here, Allah Ta'ala, He says, Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind. This address refers to all of mankind. As this is an address that is general. As Allah Ta'ala, He addresses mankind. وقال العلامة الشيخ صالح الفوزان حفظه الله تعالى ففي هذا عموم رسالة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and in this you have a generality that is expressed and illustrated by the messengership of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم being that what that the رسالة of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم was a message that was to all of mankind. It was not a message that was to a particular nation and not another nation. But it was a message to all of the nations. And in this right here, we benefit knowing that this is the spirit of Islam, for lack of a better term, in that it is a universal call to all of mankind. To every man, woman, child, regardless of their race, background, and ethnicity, it is a call to all of mankind. And it is for all of mankind. And this is something that is important for us to know. Because he was sent to all of mankind. What is the proof? After making such a statement that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he was sent to all of mankind. Naam. What's the proof? What's the evidence? It is important as a reminder that whenever anyone speaks about the deen of Al-Islam that we ask for proofs and evidences or that we look for the proofs and evidences and that we hold on and cling to the proofs and evidences. Because this is Allah's deen, and it's not for anyone to speak about it as they wish, in a manner in which they please, but they have to speak with that which is true, that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, upon the understanding of the finest of this nation, the Sahaba. Because their understanding was an understanding that was taught to them by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Going back now, what met Delhi? Person may say, but I thought we were talking about what's the proof. <laughs> the proof, Allah Ta'ala he says in Surah Al A'raf, in verse 158, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Qul, say, say who? Who is supposed to say this? It's a command to the Prophet Muhammad to say. Ya ayyuhan nas, O humanity, O humanity, naam, inni rasulullahi ilaykum jami'an, that verily I am Allah's messenger unto you, all of you, unto who, all of who, an nas, one nas, that's who, humanity. So the Prophet was said to all of humanity, not some of humanity, but all of humanity. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى In Surah 7, verse 28, 
Allah Jalla wa ala, he says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً And we did not send you except what? To all, all of who? Linnas, to all of mankind. They sent you to all of mankind. Bashiran wa nadira, As a giver of glad tidings, and as a warner, and as a warner. وَلَكِنْ أَكْثَرِ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ But most people don't know. But most people, they don't know. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And Allah Ta'ala, He says inside of His noble book in Surah Al-Furqan, in the first ayah, Allah Ta'ala, He says, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانِ And all praise, or all blessed, and blessed is He who has sent down the Furqan. The Furqan, meaning the Qur'an, that which distinguishes between truth and between falsehood. Ala abdi upon his slave. Who is intended by the slave here? Is who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Upon his slave, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Liyakuna lil alameen nadira. So that he may be for the alameen a warner. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was sent to all of mankind. And so as to be specific in all of jinn kind. Because when we say mankind, we intend the human beings and the jinn. But just so as to point it out, he was sent to all of the human beings and to all of the jinn. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. So when we look at, and when we look at this ayah, we want to have this in mind, that this is an address to all of mankind. And we say all of mankind, we mean all of the human beings and all of the all the who? Jinn. The jinn. Naam. So it means all of the jinn and all of the mankind, mankind or yes. human beings. Nas. <laughs> Naam. Allah Ta'ala He says, Ya ayyuhan nasa'budu rabbakum. O humanity, worship your Lord. Worship your Lord. Allah Azza wa Jal. هذا كما قال فضيلة الشيخ عبد الرحمن الشيخ خالد عبد الرحمن المصري حفظه الله تعالى هذا هو المقصود من تنزيل الكتاب This is what is intended from the sending down of the book وتنزيل الكتب and from the sending down of the books all of the books وإرسال الرسل and from sending the messengers and that is what to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this was the reason that the books were sent down and that the messengers were sent to their people was to call their people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the purpose for the books being sent down. This was the purpose for the messengers being sent this was the purpose for what? For what else? Hmm? Who knows? For the creation of the human beings in the jinn. Naam. Wumit dalil. And what's the proof and evidence? Allah Ta'ala He says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship. Worship me. Naam. أَيْ لِيُوَحِّدُونَ to worship Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. فَكَانَ wajiban. So therefore, 
Let's go back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created us. He brought us into existence. The purpose for our creation is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. But there is a saying, there is a saying that that when Allah wants something, He, he puts all of the causes into effect. Okay? So for the human beings to be created, us, human beings, just contemplate and let's list some of the other things that had to be created for us to be here. We, we're where? Where are we right now? We, we on earth? Earth? Okay? So earth had to be created. Like Earth is, yeah, and yeah, whatever we did, did space, yeah, universe. So all that had to be created, correct? Then we got the sun. The sun has a functionality, heat, yeah, end of it. That, that had to be created, right? The moon had to be created. Water had to be created, right? Everything that we see, and Allah Taala is the creator of everything. So all of this was created. The human beings were created, and the jinn were created. All of this to do what? To establish what? Worship. worship. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because He has not left us alone, He has not left us by ourselves to our own devices to try to figure out such a great and tremendous thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His kind and gentle treatment of the human beings and of the jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent to mankind messengers. Messengers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to those messengers books. Naam. So when one looks at all of this, he realizes that all of this was done for a great purpose. And that purpose is what? Ibadah. So therefore it behooves an individual to understand and to know what is Ibadah. Naam. So the shaykh, he says, فَكَانَ وَاجِبًا أَنْ يَعْلَمَ الْمُكَلَّفِ مَا هِيَ الْعِبَادَ الَّتِي أُمِرَ بِهَا أُمِرَ بِهَا So, it is incumbent upon the one who is responsible and held accountable for their deeds, their actions, their statements, and so on and so forth, that they, that they want, that they know what is ibadah. They know what is ibadah. Naam? You know, we should always strive and to seek diligently after that which benefits us. Now, as a person, let me command Seek diligently after that which benefits you. Now, and at times we get caught up in life, and at times, you know, the shaitan, he causes us to forget, and so on and so forth, and preoccupies us with things that may not be beneficial for us, or things that may not be as beneficial for us, or with things that may actually be detrimental to us, may be of a detriment to us, may, they may harm us. Yeah? Sometimes we, we neglect to reflect and to concentrate and to focus in on those things that from one sense our minds may tell us, oh, they're simple things. But then when we stop and we contemplate and reflect over them, we realize that we have yet to grasp even these things that we have termed and deemed and labeled as being simple. How many individuals, if you ask them, do you know what ibadah is? They say, yeah, it's worship. Okay, well, can you explain to me what is worship? And they, maybe they don't know. They start stuttering. Well, you know, worship. Yes, but what is worship? You know, like worship. 
you keep saying it's not giving me the definition. Then you keep repeating the word. I'm asking you, what is worship? Can you define it for me? And so on and so forth. And do you understand the aspects of worship? Because this is something that is great. As we mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created the creation so that the, that the, the ibadah could be established. The ibadah to Him and Him alone so that a tawheed could be established. This is why. This is the significance of it. Do, do you understand? So when we look at it from the standpoint, then we understand or we start to understand or we better understand the necessity of Tawheed and Sunnah. We understand this. Allah Ta'ala created everything for what? So we establish a Tawheed. But how do you go about in implementing and, 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 and living a life correctly? By following the Prophet Sallallahu Which is what? Sunnah. So what is Ibadah? Ibadah, before we get into the definition of it, it is important that we understand, uh, as, as uh, the ulama, they mention, Ibadah tutlaqu ala ma'nayayn. That Ibadah, it, yani, um, it, it encompasses or covers two meanings. Two meanings, right? Now, we have some pen and paper. Well, we have paper, inshallah ta'ala. You have a pen. If not, somebody can borrow my pen if you don't have a pen. But you should write this stuff down. You should write this stuff down so you can remember it, inshallah ta'ala. Alright, anybody need a pen? You borrow my pen? Okay, okay. <laughs> that ibadah it will encompass two things. the first of those things is what? A ta'abud. Ta'abud. What ta'abud huwa fa'il. Now, this is the action of the person who does the action, the action of the doer. Right? For lack of a better term. Yeah. Meaning, this is the action of the worshiper that he brings forth this ibadah. Now, this is the first part. It is that in which. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worshipped by way of. That in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worshipped by way of. So these this would include statements. Or actions. These statements and actions that yani may be apparent. Or they may be hidden. Naam? Or they may be hidden. That this worship, worship, it will comprise of statements, it will comprise of actions, whether they are apparent or hidden, meaning external or internal. Because there are going to be certain things that are external, certain things that are internal. Okay? Like, for example, the intention. The intention, the niyyah, the niyyah is, is it external or is it internal? It's internal. The niyyah is internal. Okay? But Al-ibadah, kama arrafaha jama'ah min ahli al-ilm, hiya al-a'mal al-zahira, wal-aqwal al-zahira, wal-baqina. That's ibadah, as some of the or group of the people of knowledge, they explain that it is actions that are apparent and statements that are apparent and hidden. 
Allah Azza wa Jal biha that Allah has commanded with. So now we start to get into the definition. Actions and statements that are apparent and hidden, external, internal, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded with. That Allah ta'ala has commanded with. Naam. قال شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله تعالى العبادة that عبادة اسم جامع that عبادة is a comprehensive term a comprehensive word it is a comprehensive word right للأعمال الظاهرة والباطنة for actions that are apparent and that are hidden now اسم جامع لكل ما يحبه الله من أقوال وأفعال الظاهرة وباطنة وكما قال الشيخ الإسلام that is everything that Allah Ta'ala He loves from statements and actions that are apparent and hidden, external and internal. Naam. Ibadah. If it is directed to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, then this is what we have been commanded to do. But if any aspect of ibadah was given to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this will be the opposite of what we have been commanded to do, and this will be the very definition and will meet the head of the thing in which we are to stay the most away from, and that is shirk and that is a shirk naam the shaykh goes on and he says fahadhihi hiya ibadah walitha idha saraf almuslim shay'an min al-ibadah lighayrillah azza wa jal kana murtaddan kafiran he said and thus this is ibadah and for this if a muslim were to give anything from ibadah to other than Allah then that individual will be an apostate he will be a disbeliever then that individual, he would be an apostate, he would be a disbeliever. Now, and we may say to ourselves, well, does such really have to be mentioned in the time in which we live? I mean, that's, we thought that's pretty obvious, right? Every Muslim understands that, correct? Unfortunately, this is not correct. Unfortunately. Now, this individual, if they were to do this, then they will become a kafir. Now, let me ask you a question. Will they become a kafir automatically, just by default, because they fell into something of this? Hmm? No. No, they will not. And it's very important that we understand this. Now, when we speak about things in this manner, we're speaking in general terms. Now, we're not speaking about anything specific. But even generally, if a person falls into shirk, 
It could be a number of reasons on why they fell into shirk, ignorance being from them. Will they become a kafir just by that action? No. No way. Naam. They will become an apostate, they will become a kafir the shaykh. He says, after the proofs and the evidences have been explained. Naam. After the proofs and the evidences have been explained. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in his noble book, وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيِّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala, he says what means. And whoever contradicts the messenger after clear guidance had been shown to him. And he had chose a way or he took away other than the way of the believers. Then we will left him to that which he has chosen. And we will enter him into Jahannam and what are most worse of final destinations. Ma'am. What is the point of reference from this verse? What is the point of reference from this verse that shows us that it has to be an establishment of proofs and evidences against the individual after they had contradicted the Prophet before the rest of the eyes applicable unto them? Is that what? After clear guidance had been made known unto him. So what does this mean? This means that the individual went against the Prophet and then, after going against the Prophet there was the establishment of proofs and evidences. Then, after the establishment of proofs and evidences, and the person he chooses to be upon that, and that's what they chose, what they want to do, and they follow the way of the way of the believers, then they will be left to what they had chosen and enter into Jahannam, what evil of worse abodes. Now, so this is this is clear. This is clear. Now, but so with that being the case, you will find that this concept of Worshipping Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone is very clear inside the Qur'an. It's very clear inside the Qur'an. But the problem is that a lot of the people, we, we don't reflect over the Qur'an. A lot of the Muslims, we don't reflect over the Qur'an. Because really, let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Yani our relationship with the Qur'an, it cannot be a relationship that is restricted to just reading Surah Al-Kahf every Friday, every Jum'ah. Naam? Some people, if you ask them, the last time you read the Quran, they will say, Yom Jum'ah. Today, Yom Jum'ah. Oh, yeah, today. Alhamdulillah. But before today, a week ago, only Yom Jum'ah. Yes, But our relationship with the Quran, it can't be a relationship that is restricted to just Ramadan. Ramadan, I read it a lot. But you need you need it just only one month. It suffices. You don't need me reading more than that. But even with that, then are we reflecting over it? Even for yeah, I mean, for those who read it more than that, are we reflecting when we when we read? Do we reflect? Do we contemplate? Do we understand the meanings that are contained therein, and so on and so forth? Because if we don't understand the meanings in that that are contained therein, then how would it benefit us? How would it benefit us? Now, I give an example. If a per give an example, right? If, if your computer broke down, it broke, right? And then I, I came, I gave you this big book that spoke about how you fix whatever's broken with your computer, but it was written in such a way that you didn't understand what's in it. By you having that book and reading and articulating, but you understand what you're reading, can you fix your computer? No. No. So if, 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 if we're not reading the Quran and contemplating over the Quran, why do we expect our lives to be changed? 
if we don't even understand what we're reading, if we don't contemplate over what we're reading, how do we expect our lives to change? You see? The, the Shaykh goes on and he mentions, that many of the people they read the Quran but they do not reflect over it. So therefore, shirk has actually become manifest in a lot of the Muslim lands. Why? Because of the ignorance of the Muslims. It's not that the Muslims are not reading the Quran. You have some people read the Quran every day. But what happens is that what they're not reflecting over the Quran. They don't, they're not looking at what is inside the Quran and so on and so forth. So therefore, shirk is coming about in their lands because they don't, out of ignorance, they don't know. They don't know. Right? Now, in order to stay away from the shirk, then a person has to know what is a tawheed. If you don't know what is it Tawheed, then how could you implement it? How can you believe in something that you don't know about? And how could you establish something you don't know about? Is it possible? No, it's not possible. If you don't know, how you going to establish it? But, and how can you stay away from something that you're ignorant of? If you don't know what to stay away from, how, how can you be sure you're not falling into it? Now, it's like the poet, he said, He said, I learned evil, not for the sake of learning evil, but in order to stay away from it. Because whoever is not able to differentiate between good and evil, then he will fall into it. Now, if you don't know what is the evil, then you fall into evil. Correct? If you don't know what is evil, you'll fall into evil. That's like, I'll give you an example. That's like if, I, if you were dispatched to the marketplace and you were told to buy peaches. Don't buy nectarines, but buy peaches. Don't get a nectarine, get a peach. So you went out there and you said, okay, I got it, I'm going. And then you get there and you realize, I don't know what a peach is. I don't even know what a nectarine is. And you just start grabbing fruit. Are you going to be certain that you're not going to come home with a nectarine that you've been told don't get a nectarine? You're going to come with a nectarine because you don't know you just took to everything. Right? One of these got to be a peach. <laughs> Correct? But you were told don't get a nectarine. But if you don't know what a nectarine is, then you're going to fall into it. Now, so this is why yani, the early man, they mentioned what? That things are known by the opposite. If you know, for example, if you know what, what it is to be healthy, then you understand what sickness is. Now, or maybe the opposite is better because no one really appreciates health like the one who's sick. The one who's sick, he really appreciates what it means to be healthy. Now, in order to truly appreciate beauty, then you have to know what is ugliness. In order to truly appreciate war, I mean, uh, peace, excuse me, then you have to know what is war. Right? So, in order to stay away from the shirk, you have to know what is a tawheed. In order to establish a tawheed and avoid what is shirk, you have to know, okay, what is the shirk? And this is why you find the da'wah of Islam, the da'wah of the Anbiya, and the Rusul is a da'wah that is detailed. It comes and it tells you, do this, do not do that. Now, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He says, Allah. Worship Allah. Does Allah ta'ala stop there? Is that the end of the ayah? But no, Allah Ta'ala goes on to say, وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا And do not 
associate anything with him as a partner, anything whatsoever, whatever it may be. Whatever, whoever it may be, do not associate anything with Allah Ta'ala as a partner. So we are being commanded to establish Tawheed, I mean to 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 to, to worship Allah Ta'ala, a establish Tawheed and to stay away from shirk. Now wait. Allah Ta'ala He sent prophets and messengers. Those prophets and messengers, did they come to their people and just say worship Allah? No. No. But they also commanded them to what? To stay away from shirk, to avoid the false deities. Allah Ta'ala says, And we sent to every nation a messenger proclaiming, Worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. Did they go to their people just saying, Worship Allah and that's it? No. Right? So we understand that this is the prophetic way to call the people to worship Allah and to stay away from shirk is very detailed. There's no ambiguities inside of that. No one walks away from that confused, not knowing. But you know worship Allah alone and stay away from you have eight alarms. The Ba'ud. Anybody talking to you sir? Worship Allah alone, stay away from the Ba'ud. Right? This is the illustration, as our brother Zala Khairam pointed out and pointed to earlier and beautifully explained, why the whole concept of the unity of the religions, interfaith, and so on and so forth, it doesn't make sense. This is not the prophetic way that you go to people and they say, be monotheist, worship Allah. And that's it? No, where's the other part? Stay away from Shirk. Do not worship Jesus. Do not worship Isaiah. Do not worship Mary. Do not worship the rabbis and the monks. Do not worship the saints. Only worship Allah. Do not worship anything else. Where's the rest? Now you know if you went and you said that, right? How you think that's going to go? I don't think it's going to be no unity. You understand? Because, but, 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 in order to establish that uh, that unity based upon falsehood, then you have to do what? You have to you have to be upon false principles. It is incumbent and it is a must that we implement the Tawheed and that we know and we understand what is shirk so that we stay away from it. And we know we understand that shirk is not restricted to this, to the exclusion of that. But rather shirk, it can come in the form of statements. It can come in the form of statements. Naam. Like our beloved brother, he quoted to us the hadith from before. <clears throat> When the man came to the Prophet sallallahu when he said, Masha'Allah wa shit. He said, it is as Allah and you will. Talking to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقَالَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said unto him, one to you. one to you. أَجْعَلْتَنِي لِلَّهِ نِدًّا Have you made me a rival with Allah? Have you made me a rival with Allah? So this is an indication that what? That this statement is not correct. So the Prophet said, he, he, he corrected him and he taught him what to say. He said, قُلْ Allah wahda." Say, say Allah only. Just say Allah. Don't say anything else. Just say Allah. Naam. But this statement of as Allah and you will, that it is what? It is a statement. So this is an indication of us that there are Statements that are shirk. So shirk can happen from what? From aqwa, from statements. Naam? So it's important to know. 
If we want to know to stay away from shirk, then we have to know that we can fall into it by way of our tongues. So we have to be careful. We have to learn. Naam. And likewise, with what? With aqwal. That they are with, with af'al, excuse me. And likewise, shirk can happen by way of actions. That a person can fall into shirk by way of actions. Naam. وَيَكُونُ الْعَمِلْ and also shirk it can happen by way of the actions of the heart and by beliefs. A person can have a belief that is polytheistic. He can have a shirk belief. Naam. Like believing that the one who was dead in the grave could bring you some benefit. Like the one who was dead in the grave could heal you from being sick. That the one who was dead in the grave, he hears you and he sees you and he knows what you're doing. This is a shirk person have this type of khawf from someone dead in the grave, this is shirk. Naam? Right. So there's a coming and we know that we understand the way in which shirk can manifest. Because we have already mentioned that as relates to the uh, tawheed, that tawheed are what? Are statements and actions that are uh, yani, uh, external and internal. Right? That are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah ta'ala has commanded us with. Right? That this is what ibadah. That the ibadah can be from statements, it can be from actions, it can be from beliefs, so on and so forth. Naam. But what is incumbent and what I want us to take away from that is the understanding two things. One thing is that uh, actions enter into iman. We say we have faith, then we have to bring forth some actions. Just statements by Allah, no, it's not going to be enough. Because ibadah is, is not something that just consists of statements, but rather also it consists of actions. Right? So, iman, كما عرفها العلماء, قول باللسان, وعمل بالأركان, واعتقار الجنان, يزيد بطاعة الرحمن, وينقص بطاعة الشيطان, أو العصيان. That's, that iman, iman, bilisan. That iman is a statement with the tongue. Amal bil arkan is the action of the limbs. Atiqad jannan, it is a belief inside of the heart. It goes up when one is obedient to ar rahman, and it goes down when one is obedient to shaitan, or when one brings ishyan, when one brings sin, then the iman drops. Naam? So it's incumbent to understand that we have to have something with us from action. And that a pure statement and or belief is not enough. It's not enough for a person to believe in his heart that we have to establish tawheed. It's not enough for a person to say with his tongue, La ilaha illallah. But a person must also bring forth what? Actions. They must, it's not enough to say, yes, we're supposed to worship Allah, but the person has to also worship Allah. They have to worship. You can't say, but I believe we should worship, and you know, you say you should no, but if you want to truly benefit, you have to worship. And that brings us to the second part. If you want to benefit, then you have to put into action. If a person wants to benefit from the in, then you have to act in accordance to it. And the in that's not acting in accordance to it, then it doesn't benefit the person. But rather it harms the person. Now, as it comes to that narration, and I will let the لم يعمل بعلمه كالمصباح يضيء للناس ويحرق نفسه that the per, that the, the scholar who does not act in accordance to his knowledge then he is like a misbah uh, he's like a lantern right Are you familiar with the kerosene lantern right. 
right? The kerosene lantern it has a wick, and the wick is dipped inside the kerosene, and it soaks it up, right? And then you, what do you happen? You burn the top of the wick to to, to get the light. So this is the this is the similitude of a person who does not act in accordance to his knowledge, rather it's the similitude of the scholar who act in accordance to his knowledge. Okay? So the wick, it burns. That that burning it produces light, so it benefits the people, correct? But the light benefits the people. Yes. Okay, but that whole process, how does that work out for the wick itself? The wick is soaked. The wick is soaked, but it, after a while, you got to keep turning it, and then yeah. what happens? It, it get what? Burned it get all burned out. No, no, it just get just get it get real dry. It get burned out. It's yeah. gone. Right? Yes. Every every while, you got to turn it. You got to turn it. Yeah. You got to turn it. You got to turn it. Burns away, and then till what? It's no more wick. The wick is gone. So it benefits the people. You're bleeding the nuts. It gives the people light, but then it, what? It destroys itself. So if so, it's not enough for us to, for example, come out to the likes of these type of gatherings and classes, and we learn and we benefit. We learn all this, you know, nice, beautiful stuff, and then if we don't act upon it, that's 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 a problem. It's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us if we don't act in accordance to our knowledge. It's not going to benefit us. Now, it's not going to benefit us. I give you an example. If you were hungry, for example, and let's say you were from the finest of culinary chefs inside of the world. You know, you know how to cook all types of food and all types of things. You know how to meals. You know how to present them, and so on and so forth. Right? If you were hungry, you were hungry, and you did not act in accordance to your knowledge. You just sat there. But all this knowledge in your head of how to cook this and how to cook that and how to prepare this and how to prepare that and how to dress it and all that, but you didn't do anything about it. Does that does that does your knowledge of how to do that help your hunger? No. No. So hearing the likes of these concepts, but then not acting in accordance to it, does that benefit no. us? No. We have to live in it. We have to live. We have to implement. So we learn to do. We learn so that we may implement that we may we may do. Now, so coming back to the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Rabbakum, O humanity, worship your Lord. Now, worship your Lord. So so we understand. The ayah it says, O humanity. So we know all of us are being addressed. Now and we're being commanded to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, Allah Jalla wa'ana, Alladhi khalaqakum, the one who created you, Walladhina min qablikum, and those who came before you. Allah Ta'ala, He commands us here in this ayah. This for some benefit, inshallah Ta'ala, those who can benefit, can benefit, we'll try our best to try to translate, but in any event, this is an, an example that uh, we need to all learn Arabic language. Uh, Allah Ta'ala, He says, Urdu, Urdu Rabbakum, worship your Lord. That Rabbukum or Rabb here, then this is the Mef'ulun Bihi, right? I'm not going to try to translate that. It has according to the, the, the verb that came before it, or yeah, worship. And the fa'il it is the well. You worship, you are worship. Worship who? Rabbakum, your Lord. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after this Allah ta'ala, He says, Al-Ladi, the one who. Na'am, ismu mansur mabni ala sukoon fi mahal nas. Na'am, sifa. Na'am, nabrabbikum. Na'am, not going to translate that. Wal-ma'na, 
and the meaning yani and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qarina bayna al-amr bil-ibadatihi wa bayna al-sabab al-istihqaqihi lidhalik that Allah ta'ala here in this ayah he tells us to worship him and then he connects it to the reason for which he deserves to be worshipped and that's something I didn't translate it helps you to understand that right but um Allah Ta'ala, He commands us to worship Him. Worship your Lord. Naam, your Lord. And Allah Ta'ala, he, he chose to use the word Lord here. <coughs> your Lord. Because the Rabb, the Lord, this points to what? Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, al-Rabbu al-Khaliq. The Lord, He's the one who creates. Al-Raziq, He's the one who sustains. So on and so forth from, yani what is connected to it, Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. So Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to worship Him, who He is our Lord, the one who, who created you, who created you, and not just you, but those who came before you, so that it's not misunderstood that there was a generation that was created by this and another generation that was created by that. No, all of you have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the creation has been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala creates, is the creator of everything. Naam. So Allah Ta'ala tells us here that we are to worship Him because He is the one who created us and those who came before us. So what's the what's 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 the delil? What's the uh, the sebab, the reason that we worship Allah Allah alone? Because He is the only creator. There's no other creator. Allah Ta'ala is the only sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is the only uh, 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 giver of life, uh, 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 causer of death. Allah Ta'ala is the only one who arranges the affairs of the, of, of the, of the heavens and the earth. Only Allah, Allah, Allah Ta'ala does that by himself. So therefore he should be worshipped but alone. By himself. Naam. This is important for us to know and to what and to understand. That this addresses to all of us. And Allah Ta'ala commands us to worship Him and then explains to us why we have no option except to worship Him alone. And then Allah Ta'ala He says, So that you could attain taqwa. In order for you to attain taqwa. Some of the salaf they said what is meant by this ayah. So that you may become upright, so that you may become rectified, and you may worship your Lord. Naam, so that you may worship your Lord. So go back. Oh humanity, worship your Lord who has created you and those who came before you, so that perhaps you will attain, or so in order for you to attain taqwa. In order for you to attain taqwa, so that you have this success in being correctified and upright in worshiping your Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, bima arshadahu ilaykum wa hadakum ilayh. Minat tawheed, minat subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that you may establish the worship of your Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and do that in which He has guided you unto do, and do that in which He has directed you unto do, and from the establishment of His tawheed, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So we have been so basically this ayah here, if you understand this from this standpoint, from what the Sarah they said about the meaning of in order to worship Allah subhanahu is a reinforcement of what? Not create the jinn or the mankind except for them to worship me. Naam. There are some fawa'id, some takeaways that we benefit from this ayah. And that is وَمِنْ فَوَائِلْ الْآيَةِ الْعِبَادَةِ 
and from the uh, benefits of the ayah, excuse me, al-inayah bil-ibadah is the concern or the extreme concern that we should have for worship. The extreme concern and the care that was put to stress the fact that we have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Because a person would say, well, where do we benefit from this in the ayah? What part of the ayah shows us the importance and the seriousness, rather, the extreme importance of worshiping Allah alone? Where in the ayah do we see that? As Sheikh Fuzani says, well, what should I, well, the first, the first, first point, the first point is that before the command was given, an address was made. Human beings were called, Ya Ayyuhannas, O humanity. So this is addressing human beings to draw their attention. When the address comes, it's because that which is mentioned after is of, is of extreme importance. Naam. So this is the first thing which gives us an indication that this is very serious. The second thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Ayyuhannas, O mankind. So the Shaykh says, What should Thani Ta'amim and Nida Lijamir Nas is that the generality of the call so as so that so such it encompasses all of mankind. Points us to the fact that Ibadah is the most important thing. The most important thing. Now, more important than jewelry, more important than diamonds and gold and food and more important, right? And from what are those things in which we understand why it is more important is that what is that we have been created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam, remember that? Right. And that uh, all of these other things have been created in order to assist us in the establishment of Ibadah. Do you understand? We have to breathe. If we don't, if we stop breathing and we die, correct? So oxygen is a tremendous bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us. But this bounty of oxygen and the process by way in which Allah ta'ala has set up inside of our bodies that we benefit from the oxygen, right? All of that is set up in order to help us to establish Tawheed, food. All of the beautiful food that Allah has put for us inside of the earth. The fact that Allah has made the animals uh, subservient unto us. You understand how important that is? How much of a benefit Allah has made the animals subservient to us? You know how strong a cow is? You know how strong a cow is? But yet we eat beef, correct? That shows that Allah has made the animals subservient to us because we can't beat a cow one on one. It's not going to happen. But Allah Taala has made it subservient to us, so we eat from the beef, the, the, the beef. We eat from the lamb, we eat from the goat, so on and so forth. Yeah, and some people can't even handle a goat. Came Allah by himself, huh? Too fiery for him. You understand? But Allah Taala has made it subservient to us, and now we eat curry, goat, everything. Alhamdulillah. This is a bounty. This is a this is a bounty. Now I want you to reflect on we're taking in this meat. Okay, this meat is taken inside of our body, then it's broken down, and then 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 we get what we need from it. That whole process 
of breaking down the food, the extraction of the nutrients and the, the, the vitamins and things that we need from the food and so on and so forth and how that is transformed and that which benefits us and reaches our bloodstream and 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 and, and, and it's all for what? All that miraculous stuff is for what? In order for us to help us to establish Tawheed. So going back to the aforementioned, the, the, the gold and the diamonds, all that type of stuff. Okay, all that type of stuff is not as important. Why? Because these things are just put here to help us establish Tawheed. That's it. Nothing else. So what is the most important thing? Aham Mushay is what? Ibadah. Aham Mushay is the establishment of a Tawheed. There's nothing more important than that. Nothing more important than that. And this is, yeah, if we benefit yeah, from this port of, of the portion of the ayah, that the human beings, they were only created to establish the worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But also another point of benefit in which we benefit from is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that the uh, when a person truly believes in Tawheed of Rububiyyah, then this necessitates their belief and agreement with Tawheed and Uluhiyyah. So if you truly believe and earnestly believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your Lord, then by default, you have to worship Him and Him alone. Naam? If you truly understand that Allah Ta'ala is your Lord, then you have to worship Him and Him alone. Allah Ta'ala is the one who arranges the affairs. Okay? We say, La hawla wa la illa billah. There is no change from situation to situation except Allah is the one who changes it. No one else can do it. You, you follow me? Okay, let's 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 go to another point with that in mind. When a person is healthy and then a person becomes sick, isn't that a change in situation? They go from health to what? Sickness. Okay, like if a person is reverse, if a person is sick and then they become healthy, is that a change in situation or is this what you say the same? It's a what? It's a change of situation. Okay. Allah Ta'ala is the one who's the arrangers of the affairs. Who gets sick today, who get who get cured today. Correct? Who does that? Allah. Anyone else? No. So only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could heal a sick person, correct? Now, only Allah Ta'ala could give wealth to a poor person, correct? Now, only Allah Ta'ala could give relief to one who's in distress, correct? Right. So when one understands, he understands this correctly. He understands this well. That it's only Allah Taala is, is the arranger of the affairs. Only Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the one who who cures the sick. Only Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the one who gives life. Only Allah Taala is the one who causes death. So only Allah Taala is the one who gives provision. So on and so forth. What sense would it make to beseech anything else for those things when they can't do it? Person, he's calling upon say better. What's the point? Can say better we help him? No. What's the point in doing that? There is no point. But if anything, it does what? It's going to destroy that individual because now he has committed what should with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person truly understands at tawheed al rububiyyah then by default they will establish at tawheed al uluhiyyah That makes sense? When a person really understands and believes, he's not going to pray to anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A man wants to 
Now, a man wants getting to have children, so so this one will pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala bless him with children. Naam. So from that, then we understand what the wujub of ibadah for Allah Ta'ala alone. From that then, we understand that it is obligatory for us to worship Allah and to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala alone. And that that obligation is upon every jinn and is upon every human being. That we worship Allah and we worship Allah alone. Now, this is of extreme importance. And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala inside of the next ayah, He goes on... To explain to us and remind us of some things in which he has blessed us with from the many bounties in which he has bestowed upon us. Bidnilahi ta'ala. In our next sitting, we'll reflect over this ayah and some of the benefits that are contained therein. Fa naktafi bihad al qadr. Wa jazakum Allahu khayra.